In today's interview, we're speaking with a master of the big picture. He's been involved in a number of large firsts, from the first supermarket banking to the first common access card for the U.S. Department of Defense. And his mastery of the big picture, you'll see it in how he knew that he wanted to be in sales and how he picked his path. You're really going to enjoy this interview. Stay tuned. Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hello, everybody. I'm Joseph Fung, and today I have the great pleasure of chatting with the illustrious Ted Hyman. He's a senior sales executive, enterprise security specialist at Entrust Data Card. Ted, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today, Joseph? Really, really good. Uh, and where where in the world are you calling in from today? I'm actually calling in from the San Francisco Bay Area. I live in a, in a town called Livermore that's about 35 miles southeast of San Francisco. Awesome. Now, I, I know I, I shared your title uh, and Entrust's uh, company name, but maybe you can help our audience. What's the elevator pitch? Uh, where, do, where do you focus and what does Entrust Data Card do? Certainly. So Entrust Data Card is a company that's focused primarily uh, in the security industry. Both uh, physical and logical access are the primary focus. Um, I, I've been with uh, Entrust Data Card for about a year, and uh, my my position is to manage the 100 largest accounts west of Denver. So I will primarily work with major accounts uh, in the $5 billion uh, revenue and above uh, component. So, so with a couple of SMBs, you know, Main Street offices, that kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, not, talking about, uh, <laughs> we're not talking about your small and medium businesses. <laughs> I work with the household name companies that, that uh, you uh, hear and uh, see every day. Uh, and, um, you know, the big brands uh, in pretty much every vertical market. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You are you're in a remarkable role right now, but you've also worked at some of the, the coolest names in tech on some of the coolest projects. Um, the one that starts out with me, we'd like to start kind of with education and kicking off because we speak to so many people who stumble into sales uh, through a surprise or a unique opportunity. And that's not your story. So maybe you can help us. What did you study and why did you pick the degree you did? So uh, I, uh, I chose to study electronics and electronics engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, the, the reason that I chose electronics and electronics engineering is actually a fairly interesting story in that uh, I was, I had decided that, you know, I needed to go to college uh, but I had no idea what I wanted to study. I just didn't have a good idea. Um, but I knew I wanted to sell long term. And coming from a, a, a family uh, of uh, salespeople, I, I just I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I, so I really you know took some time to think about okay, if you're going to spend your career in sales, what do you want to sell? And mm -hmm. at that time, uh, it was when the very first. Uh, personal computers were hitting the market and you could see technology just evolving everywhere. 
And it became clear to me that, that if I had a strong technical background, that it would really enhance my ability to sell and put me in a, in a position uh, of, of having knowledge that many of my, uh, my competitors, for instance, might not have. And what I found throughout my career is that having a technical background and being able to absorb and understand these very technical products that I sell allows me to build credibility with C-level executives very quickly because they recognize that I'm not a, an empty suit. Um, you know, unfortunately, sales guys have gotten a bad reputation uh, throughout the years. You think about the... Uh, the the uh you know the the guys uh, selling cars and you know the car salesmen mm-hmm. and what and and you know salespeople don't have great reputations and so if you can walk in and immediately gain credibility and add value to the discussion uh, that means a lot and so the engineering background and the engineering engineering degrees are what what allow me to do that today. So as a as an engineering alumni myself, I, I totally agree. I, I might be biased, but I think you are absolutely correct. This is a, definitely the right way to go. Uh, I think it was a wise decision. It's definitely it's definitely paid off. So it, paying off. Okay, you do this degree, you you get a job in sales, and it's really early on in your career that you get a chance to to kind of exercise that big picture and solution oriented thinking again. Uh, and you you shared a bit around the story of one of your firsts uh, and that sale that led to, I mean, the founding of supermarket banking. I mean, this is pretty cool. How did this happen? Yeah, this is a very interesting story. And, and uh, it was a scenario where I was working as a computer reseller, which is essentially kind of a middleman between the distributors and the end user customers. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, we facilitated a lot of the integration work uh, for for our customers, and um, and two of my customers were uh, Wells Fargo Bank and Safeway Corporation. And as I work with these customers, I'm I'm always trying to understand how I can add value to their organization and how I can earn their business because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be sold to. And, uh, and, and I had two customers and they were both saying the same thing, but in a different way. And so Wells Fargo was talking about the challenges that they had around being a strictly brick and mortar type business. And the fact that customers actually had to make an extra trip to go to the bank before they went shopping or to go deposit money into their account before they paid their rent. And they were at trying to figure out how to expand their footprint. At the same time, Safeway Corporation was heavily uh, focused on grocery sales, but they had these magnificent retail facilities, and they were trying to figure out how do we add uh, additional products uh, to generate additional revenue and to provide additional value to our customers. And, and as, I, as I thought about these two customers, one evening it occurred to me that they were actually saying the same thing. And, and it occurred to me that it, was, it, it would make sense to put uh, the two executives that I was working with, with the two companies together, to have a discussion about how they might work together to achieve a common goal. 
And out of that discussion uh, came the concept of supermarket banking, which, uh, which was a benefit to both Safeway and to Wells Fargo. To Wells Fargo, it allowed them to have a bank branch located in a place where customers go every day and give them easy access to their funds. And uh, for Safeway, it provided extra value to their customers by saving them the extra trip going to the bank to get the money that they needed to pay uh, for the groceries. And, uh, and so these, these two companies uh, agreed to do a pilot and uh, installed the very first uh, full-service bank branch in a Safeway supermarket in Walnut Creek, California. And it was a huge success for both organizations. And out of that grew what we now call today supermarket banking. That's remarkable. Uh, so I'm, I'm so curious. I mean, fairly fresh out of school, uh, you know, a, a sales professional kind of carrying a bag, carrying a quota. Um, what do you think you did differently that helped you spot that opportunity and, and have the influence to make that conversation happen? Well, I think it's about how you approach your accounts and and the way that you think about the value that you bring to them. Mm. So many salespeople get trapped in a very tactical mode where they're they're simply responding to the customer's needs and requests. And uh, and and I I tend to take a little bit more of a strategic. Uh, approach where I really want to step back and understand my customer's business. What, what, what value are they trying to bring to the market? And then what products can I offer them that will help, help them to provide that value or to solve a problem for them that allows them to spend more time focused on their business. And so, you know, I, I think I spend a little bit more time uh, from a strategic perspective, really trying to understand these two concepts about one, what is my customer's business? And two, how do I bring value to that specific customer? And when you start thinking in the terms that they're thinking in and understanding their business, the way they think about their business, all of a sudden, all these new opportunities arise and you start to see these paths where you can actually come in and bring value to uh, to an organization. And I think that, you know, if, if you can spend time with your customers to truly understand their business, one, they'll appreciate the fact that you're very interested in, mm -hmm. in their business from their perspective, and it will put you in a much better position to then provide uh, products and solutions to help them achieve their goals. I love how how you are how strategically you articulated the approach uh, makes it very very accessible, uh, and it brings to mind you, you shared another story earlier. And when I I look at your journey and your path, there's this very clear trend, a very clear line of you know tech company, tech company, tech company, a lot of focus in security. Um, and I'm curious about the strategy and the thinking because there's one episode right in the middle where it looks like. Again, from an outside observer, it looks like you go security, security, shrink wrap, security. Uh, so we'd, we'd love to unbox that because it looks like a left turn at surface, but it would love to hear the thinking and, and what you were doing there. Absolutely. So 
at the time, I was between uh, jobs, so I didn't have a role with a security company, and I was okay. kind of looking for a new opportunity. And uh, a company that my uh, sister Alice Hyman was working with, uh, a company called FastRap, was trying to take a technology that had used had been used historically for shrink wrapping uh, boats to uh, winterize them uh, and keep them clean throughout the months that they weren't being used and apply that to the construction industry and to see if there was an opportunity to provide a shrink wrap solution where we actually would shrink wrap entire buildings while they were under construction. A whole building. Not like parts, but the whole building. The entire building, yes. We're talking wow. about 30 foot, 30 foot tall uh, hospitals. Um, uh, we, we, we did things like um, air traffic control towers at Oakland Airport. We're oh, talking wow. large construction projects, yes. Okay, so uh, I love the fact that in all of our conversations so far, you've really honed in on the value to the company, to the customer. I confess, I'm, I'm intrigued. What's the value of shrink wrapping your building? This is an area I'm not familiar with. So what's the customer thinking? Why would they buy this? So what happens is, is, is in construction, you tend to have pretty tight timelines and you're committed to having projects completed by a certain date. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are actually huge fines and penalties uh, uh, for not completing a project on time. I mean, you can be charged up to $100,000 a day uh, as part of the contract if you don't complete the project on time. And uh, one of the things that really impacts and prevents these uh, construction companies from meeting their deadlines is uh, weather and primarily rain. Very, very difficult to do construction in the rain. And so there was a there was a challenge here and there was an opportunity here. And what we recognized was that there was an application for the shrink wrap that went far beyond winterizing boats. And that we if if we took this technology and thought about it from a more strategic perspective and thought about other applications where it might bring value we realized that we could help these companies uh, stay on track with their construction schedule by allowing them to work through the weather. And so what we would do is when they build these large structures, there's generally scaffolding that is built around the structure that allows the workers to work in and around the building. And we would actually take that same shrink wrap but of a, it was a thicker, a, a thicker uh, a material than what you would use on boats, and we would shrink wrap the entire exterior of the scaffolding of the building, which would then allow that contractor to work through uh, storms, through rain, wind, uh, wow. in their way, and that would help them uh, stay on 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 time and on schedule with their project. And so, if you think about um, having to pay penalties for not achieving the project on time and then being relatively large penalties, the ROI was pretty clear. 
you know, if, if your penalty was a hundred thousand dollars a day and we could come in and wrap your whole building for 50,000, then that was an easy return on investment and a simple decision for companies to make. And, and for uh, companies here in the Bay area, we have a rainy season and there is, you know, several months during the year where we're going to get a significant amount of rain and, and it prevents the construction companies from um, working during those periods. And what this, this technology, which wasn't a new technology, but was a new application of an existing technology, was intriguing to me. And we wanted to proof it out. And so I took on a, a year-long uh, project with FastRap to mm -hmm. determine whether we, could, uh, whether we could actually proof out the technology and whether there was actually a business model here. And, um, and we were extremely successful. It turned out to be uh, a great business, uh, and uh, it is now being expanded across the country. Thank you for, for sharing and clarifying, because I would never have been able to draw that line from shrink wrap to selling on project, uh, on time and on schedule uh, and on budget projects. This is great. Thank you. Certainly. I, I was, it was, I mean, for me, it was, it was new as well. I mean, it, this was one of those situations where it had never been done before. So you're, you're kind of making it up as you go along. And, and, uh, and, you know, once again, it just comes down to understanding your customer's business. What, how do these construction companies think? What are the things that drive them? And obviously scheduling is critical because they have so many different subcontractors that have to provide services for them, that everything has to stay on schedule. So once you understood that, it was very easy then to have a conversation with how this is a way and a technology that can help you stay on schedule and, is, and, and the return on investment is clear. So you've got this great strategic uh, approach to working with your customers, choosing your path. You know, I'd like to ask you, if you think back on your journey in sales, um, You've made clearly made a lot of right choices, and, and things have you know followed some of your your plans. But what has surprised you most? What stood out as a as something you didn't expect in your time in sales? Well, I, you know, the security industry is a pretty interesting industry because it's made up of a bunch of primarily very small companies, often startup companies that are focused on solving one specific problem okay. for the enterprise from a security perspective. And, and, and that's how the industry has kind of evolved and, and you know, uh, leveraging, uh, uh, you know, funding from uh, people that, that, you know, want to speculate on, on whether or not these organizations can actually build a product that, that will bring value to an organization from a security perspective. And, um, you know, I, I, not all the decisions that I made along my career were, were, were you know, worked out uh, for the best. I mean, I, I've made decisions that uh, in my career where an opportunity looked like a really, really great opportunity. And based on everything that they were telling you, you know, this was like, you know, an opportunity for you to go in and be extremely successful and, and make a bunch of money. And then once you get on the inside, you realize that um, what you were sold was, was not exactly what, uh, what was going on. So, 
you know, I, I have made very strategic decisions uh, as far as my career, but I will tell you that that not all of them were the right decision. Uh-huh. And, you know, oftentimes I would have to reevaluate and, and think about, you know, am I in the right place where I can be providing the most value to my clients? And, and that's in the security industry. It, that, that's something that it, it's really important that they see you as bringing value to them and that, that they understand that you understand the security requirements that an enterprise has uh, to, 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 to protect all of their IP. I love the way you phrase that. I don't want to let that go. Um, asking, am I in the right place to provide the most value to my clients? I mean, when you think about opportunities, I think that's a much more powerful lens than just saying, is this the right opportunity that I want or is this the best for my career? Uh, keeping the clients first is a, a really good and productive lens to think about that through. Thank you for suggesting that. No, I, I, you know, I think because of uh, the industry that I'm in, I end up working with the same customers over and over again, mm. different companies. So, I mean, I've worked with, organizations like Chevron for over 20 years. But during that time, I worked for, you know, four or five different companies providing services to Chevron. So, you know, in my industry, because it is kind of a a small, a, a small world, you know, making sure that you never burn bridges and always have an opportunity to have an open door with a customer is really, really important as, uh, you know, and, and, and so what I found is that if you have, if, if you work in an in- industry like I do, and, and many times, you know, people find that they work in an industry and have competitors that work in that same industry. And if you go, if you leave your company and go join, for instance, a competitor's company, you're going to be doing business with the same customers that you were doing business with at the last time. And wow. so, all I can tell you is never burn any bridges uh, so that there's always an open door for you when you step into your new role and they understand that you're the kind of individual that brings value to them and they're willing to take the time to understand what it is that you have that might help them at this particular moment. This is this is great advice. And I'm so glad that we got to share some of your story. Uh, I, I'm Knowing that we promised not to keep you too long, do you have a minute for some rapid fire questions before you have to go? Certainly. Okay. Let me let me crack these open and let's see. Um, I'm super intrigued. You have worked at a ton of great tech companies. Um, as you've been selling, what's been your favorite sales tool? So I'm going to get grief for this from a lot of salespeople, but I'm actually going to say Salesforce is Ooh. the best tool out there for managing your business from a sales perspective. But I must, I must express one huge caveat. Okay. To be implemented properly. Nice. Not easy to do. Salesforce is a very complex tool and it has tons of features and capabilities. And I've worked for companies that had, that were using it, that had it set up. So it was working properly was was an efficient and effective tool for you to manage your business. And I've worked for companies that had it where it wasn't configured properly and wasn't really designed well so you could use it to run your business. So I would say Salesforce is, is a very powerful tool. 
if you understand how to use it, and if the company that you're working for has invested the time and energy to make sure that it's set up for, to be able to do the things that you need to be able to do to manage your territory. That, that is a great, and I think very like, reasonable. Yeah, from a big picture perspective. And then, you know, I have to make a shout out to uh, Miller Hyman. Um, you know, there's a there's a sh- something that's called a blue sheet in Miller Hyman terms. And that is a planning tool, a sales planning tool that you can use to thoughtfully think out your strategy around any specific customer or opportunity. And the reason that I like the blue sheet goes back to the concept of strategic thinking in that a lot of us sales guys sell from the gut. Um, I believe salespeople are born and not made. And there's this gut instinct that allows you to, um, you know, make the right decision at the right time uh, for the people that are successful salespeople. You know, working from your gut is, is fine and, and, and it certainly has helped me through my career. But being able to take and elevate that up to an analytical level where you can actually put down on paper and analyze all the components of the sale, all the, all the different buying influences in the, in the sale and what their motivations are, um, what, what the business is trying to accomplish and how you bring value to them. When you start to lay this out on a blue sheet, this is where the strategic thinking starts to happen. And you start to see things and patterns and, and you see ways that, you, you know, you're looking at this a specific customer and you say, you know what, with a previous customer, I saw the same pattern and I was able to, to accomplish this by taking these specific actions. And so the blue sheet is just a great tool for you to plan out and manage your, your, your sales, especially your, your, bigger, uh, your bigger sales, and to um, give you that opportunity to do a little bit more of that strategic thinking that, that ought to go into every sales opportunity. Love it. Okay. This is good about kind of work, but outside of work, what's been your favorite movie? So my favorite movie of all times is called Outlaw Josie Wales. And it's a Clint Eastwood movie nice. during the Civil War period. And it was actually, um, it was, uh, Clint Eastwood not only uh, directed it, but he starred in the movie as well. And the, the thing that draws me to it is, one, I love old westerns. And so, you know, everything that Clint Eastwood does uh, from that perspective is awesome. But I think even more important than that, the cinematography that was done uh, for this production was absolutely amazing. Most cowboy movies, that's not ever even taken into consideration. If you think about the old spaghetti westerns and Mm -hmm, stuff, cinematography in Outlaw Josie Wells is is absolutely amazing. And everybody should uh, take an opportunity to watch the movie and get to see a little bit about the history of our country and the beautiful cinematography of our country. This, this has been great. Uh, I think the, the tools you mentioned are fantastic. I've got another movie added to my list. Ted, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was incredible. Oh, my, my pleasure. I'm always happy to do these 
types of interviews and, and always looking to help other salespeople, uh, you know, find ways to be successful and bring value to their customers. And so uh, I appreciate you taking the time to spend with me. I'm looking forward to getting your, your story out there. And I'm really looking forward to our next conversation because I've got a lot more to learn and, and I'm looking forward to making that happen. I look forward to that as well. Awesome. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon and we'll chat again soon. Thank you, Joseph. You do the, do the same. <laughs> Take care. Ciao.